You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. All right. Usually I come up with our kickoff question, uh-huh. but you, uh, I, I let you do it this week. That's right. As soon as I sent you the text, I was immediately a little anxious. Really? How come? Because well, if I come up with a question, I get time to think about oh, it, and sure. I usually spring it on you. That's true. And now it's being sprung on me. That's right. So what's our question? Uh, our question is, which possession, or I don't know if, I, I mean, I possess this mm-hmm. mind, but which possession or thing you wanted uh, did you think would make you happier than it actually did? Mm-hmm. Do you have a... You have like oh yeah right, I got a, I got a good one so I really really struggle from needing to be an early adopter the moment something comes out that I think is like a good idea I just need it mm-hmm. and especially when there's delayed gratification on that I do start to conjure up this belief that my life will never be the same once I have whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, no one listening to our podcast is under the, uh, you know, illusion that I'm cool. This is so uncool. You don't think it took 75 episodes for people to figure that out? It did not. (laughs) But, um, so Utah is Uh one of the first in the game to a digital driver's license. Yeah. And the moment, so like Apple announced like it was going to like have like a wallet thing for it. And then a few states came out and lo and behold, Utah was one of the first. And it's like part of law that it goes into action and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden I heard there was a pilot program. Mm. And I became kind of like casually obsessed if that's a thing to where like they, <laughs> casually had, they obsessed. had a like and I would think about it and then like go down a hole and try to understand mm-hmm. well then they've hired a third party group to like manage it all but this third party group does a poor job keeping on their website long story short I missed a couple of events because they would go on like the day they happened and that was it and then finally they posted one like a week ahead of time mm-hmm. and I drove over an hour each way to like joined the pilot for the mobile driver's license mm-hmm. thing and it got like all added to my phone. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I even texted you on the way home that this did not have the impact I was expecting it to. What well, I'm just so, curious. What impact did you like? Just, what problem I was it like? Know. Cause I've known you long enough to know well, that you, you're such a problem solver. Uh-huh. So you're constantly like, what problem does this solve? Ryan, you know the answer to that question. Well, the fact that you lose your stuff all the time. Yes, and that a wallet makes me feel bulky. Oh, my God. (laughs) That goes back to high school. I made that comment. And your response was, oh, and you're 
all your pounds doesn't? I don't I don't think I you said You didn't say all my pounds. Harsh, you yeah. just said a much lighter number because I was less <laughs> in high school and I didn't want to say it. I remember the number I was. Don't you worry. So that's that's the solve for well, you or the, and, what you and thought. And just like just and like and yes, that I lose everything that mm-hmm. I just like feel like I don't lose my phone. I don't know that if I ever once lost my phone. Yeah, I don't think and, you have either. It's usually in your hand. Yeah, usually. Yeah. And I just and I just thought like I just like flash at places and I'd mm-hmm. be like people would be like whoa and I'd get to tell them about it and stuff. Here's the deal. It is not accepted anywhere. No one knows it. I got pulled over. This cop, like, thank God he, like, believed my story. The cop had never heard of it, thought I had made it up on my phone. I was like, well, this is my license. That does so. seem like a massive fail. Oh, that yeah. That a police officer would not know this was Well, a even on their website in Utah, you are supposed to be able to use it at Harmon's. And mm-hmm. I was there. I was having a couple guys from church mm-hmm. over, and I got some Corona. Mm-hmm. And I went to the checkout, and I, I was so excited because mm-hmm. I've had it for, I don't know. what A couple I get months. It. Yeah. Like back, I think I got it in November. Oh yeah. And so four months, nothing. And it's just like, rant, rant. and I was finally at Harmon's and buying something that I needed my ID. And I mean, the guy looked at me, he goes, I don't know what that is, but I need a real driver's license. And I was like, well, you're supposed to accept them here. And so then the manager came over, disappeared, got on the phone. All the while, I wasn't. I had my. I had my regular ID mm. with me. <laughs> I wanted to use this one. Yeah. And they finally come out and they're like, "Oh, that's just one Harmons in Lehigh." Oh my gosh. So I don't know what the purpose of this is. Yeah. I know at some point, like TSA, all of these things, but it's kind of like, I mean, even I remember you guys, uh, like when the first iPad came out, I had a surprise birthday party. You had mm-hmm. a bunch of people go in and like help pay for an iPad for yeah. me. And then like three weeks later, the iPad 2 came out and it was a thousand times better. <laughs> and so I have this thing that's awesome for a minute. Yeah. And then, and so anyway, that I really, and I don't know, I just was like, I mean, and over an hour each way. Yeah, it's so, and it was like snowy that day. So lame. <laughs> so, I, I mean. It, it's just so boring. A lot of times the app crashes and stuff. <laughs> I mean, when mm. has anyone ever had a problem of needing to identify themselves? Like, where am I going I that I'm just needing to provide identification so easily? <laughs> anyway, so that's my. I could tell you so many other stories about how I. I I just get fixated. Yeah, you do. And then, and it's not a thing. Mine would be almost, I mean, almost every iPhone I've ever had, probably. Sure. Since, since yeah. like, the like the move to the iPhone was huge. Yeah. Because it had everything in one place, yep. including music and all that stuff. But I feel like, I, I feel like for the last, I think that I've gotten away from it now. Like, I barely care when a new phone comes out. Yeah. Um, but there was a time when I would like, know like you'd ordered the new phones for us and it was coming and it was going to be like a week. And I would think about it every single day yeah. thinking like this is going to, and it would come and I'd be like, no, this is essentially the same thing. Yeah. So I feel like I've been pretty let down by that. Truthfully, unless there's like a pretty significant hardware change, Mm -hmm. just an OS update. And listen, I don't care how many megapixels. There are so many pixels on my camera now. I don't even understand. Like I, I remember once upon a time I bought a click and shoot that was like 10 megapixels. And I thought that was the most. Don't iPhones have like a million or something? I mean, it's crazy. They're way better. So all that said, like, it just doesn't matter. Like, yeah, and every once in a while, like, you get excited about, like, they announce something, but I feel like they, Apple has this real bad problem of 
getting us like 80% of the way there, but they leave off the 20%. Here's an example. We've got all this awesome Apple wallet stuff and everyone has RFID cards to get into their work. We have one to get into our ministry center. I have one to get at home. Why? Why can't I tap my phone and get in where I want to go? I can do it at Hilton. Yeah. I mean, anyway, it's just. Is there any other boring things that we should talk about before we get into our topic? This is, <laughs> this is eight so minutes. Boring. No one's getting back. Oh, so let's man. go ahead. We're, we'll transition and do with a happy topic of burnout. Uh, cool. If you've been following along with us, we're in a series of conversations about the multitude of factors that have led to the high rates in clergy burnout over the last, uh, especially over the last year. And so the way that we've structured these conversations is we are addressing one of those factors that's informing burnout, uh, trying to discuss it in detail, and then look at some better ways to move forward. So. Sure. We're going to jump in this week. Last week's was uh, largely driven by uh, some things that were on your heart and that you were feeling. I was thinking for me this week, one of the most personally discouraging realities uh, over the last couple of years has been what has rightfully felt like an inability to build. So like to build our ministry because mm -hmm. we have basically, I mean, there was a literal year where it was like the only thing that you could really do is come up with zoom stuff. No one wanted to participate nah. in and then put a sermon on the internet. Mm -hmm. That was like the extent of what you could yep. do. And <clears throat> for us, like, and I'm sure that it feels similar to everybody, but so we were when 2020 hit, we were just like what, two years old about, we had about yeah. a year and a half, two years. We'd had yeah. some really good momentum. Things were going very, very well. And then it was like this hard stop. Mm -hmm. And thought that was going to be two weeks, turned into yeah. over a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we came back. In, we've been in person since February of 2021. But we came back and remember like no children's ministry in the beginning, 100 mm -hmm. person max in the room. We sort of brought, we brought childcare back then after a couple, but it just felt like this very like limping along. And there were so many times when I think three distinct times where we had some grand plan for like, all right, we're going to get back at this. And then inevitably another shutdown or another variant sure. or another whatever. Yeah. So you really did. Like I got to a point where I was just like, what, what is the point? Right. Like, there's, I'm not going to, there's nothing to really think about or focus on other than have hoping to pull off a service sure. once a week. And at least maybe not everyone's wired like me, but at least for the way that I'm wired, I find that very discouraging and extremely demotivating because mm. it just feels like, well, we're just kind of maintaining this limping, dying <laughs> Thing. Sure. Just, it's not growing. It doesn't feel vibrant. It doesn't like we just couldn't. And I mean, how we, we literally, what did we have? Like we had two or three service planning meetings where we got a team together yeah. to, to like, whether it was Christmas or Easter or whatever. Yep. And then nothing couldn't act. We started to feel like we were causing the variance with these meetings because oh, sure. it would every time we'd have one, it would just shut it down. Yep. And uh, as we talked yesterday, there's a handful of things that have made it really difficult to feel like there's any sense of building. So sure. let's let's walk through a couple of these. Mm -hmm. The first one was the obvious one. I'll kick us off with it was losing the ability to be in person. Uh huh. When we had to be online only, the, no matter how creative you are, there is still obvious limits to what you can do. Sure. 
And like we, we did our best with zoom just like everybody else did. Yeah. But the truth is like we had like a good zoom prayer meeting and then no one really wanted anything to do with zoom again. Oh, totally. And I think even prior to all of this, I probably would have. So if the conversation or the concept of an online campus had come up, I would have probably either vocally or at least internally been like kind of rolled my eyes and, you know, that kind of, and the church should gather and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. I feel like I am more, (laughs) more committed to that, more committed to that. And, and, and not in a way that I am judging what someone else does. Cause you know, you have to know your people and figure it out. And if you've got like a thriving online campus, good for you. I don't want to hear about the tactics though, because Mm -hmm. I know that if that's what church is, I don't want to go. Yeah. Um, it's got to be like people gathering together and all of that. And I think for a minute, um, it was panic because I had to, I didn't know what streaming was. I mean, I literally knew what it was, mm-hmm. but not one iota <laughs> of idea how to do it. Yeah. No. Um, and so that was a, that was a long week uh, yeah. or well, Friday to Sunday mm-hmm. and cobbling it. We did something mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then did you something different and different. Yeah. And, di- and then you, you know. continued to tweak for a solid four months, probably at least five. Yeah. Every week was a little bit different. Yeah. And there was a sense where it was like, I mean, it wasn't a break, but it was just different work. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was stimulating in that way. But then you do just start to feel like, I mean, and you look at your, you know, every every pastor looked at their YouTube numbers to begin with and thought that 100,000 people started coming to their church. Mm-hmm. And then everything came out that that's all like not helpful and mm-hmm. not real. And so then, um, I don't know, it just, you started to wonder like, is, is anybody watching this? Mm-hmm. Is any, you know, like... Does this matter at all? Because it is. I mean, I didn't prep a sermon and it was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was, yeah, just very challenging. Yeah. And the reality is if you are, I mean, because we weren't building like an online media company. So if we can't be together in person, especially as a brand new church that was less than two years old, it made it really impossible to build. Sure. And there, there are other churches out there that had an online thing and all of that. I mean, we made the decision in January of 2022. So this year to just, we're, we're not doing that anymore. The live stream. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it was, uh, we're mobile. So it was extra complicated. We were dealing with internet that we didn't have any ability to troubleshoot mm-hmm. um, and adding all of that extras. And for those who showed up, like the camera stuck in the middle. Yeah. Just awkward. It is awkward. Yeah. And, so, yeah. And I mean, I, so that's I, not for us. Maybe yeah. for you, but not for us. Yeah, totally. Uh, what else? What was another thing that made it difficult for us? Yeah. I think one of the things that was um, really challenging was the ever changing safety standards. Yeah. Um, it really, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of that scene in the office where where Michael Scott's like, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. It just really, it was really hard. (laughs) Which, for people who don't know, is in the context of his vasectomy. (laughs) Getting reversed and done, yes, yeah. Well, if you didn't know, I feel like you just missed out. You should know. Uh, But it it was really challenging to figure out masks on, masks off, up, down, left, right. You know, like it was some, like the electric slide, but, you know, and we had to be distanced and we had multiple banners printed based on what (laughs) the situation was. And it's like, this one is mask off 
when you're seated, but mask on when you're standing and singing. Cause that was like, that mm-hmm. was going to be what killed Christians was singing in church at mm-hmm. one point. And so we had a, a banner for that. And that one was that and distancing. And then we had masks on all the time, no distancing and masks on distancing. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was even hard to keep straight, which banner you should put. You had to like pop it up and read it and think about yeah. what are we asking people to And it also didn't help as we found from the confusion with some of the people in our own church that the school would had just all the clings of every kind made and they just randomly snap them on the door and so there was conflicting information yes, with, yeah, with what exactly the school what said, they were asking what, and what we were saying and right. we were we were implementing what the school had told me we should be doing but right. maybe nobody told the like window cling guy and it mm-hmm. was just a lot we you know we're like well let's meet outside mm-hmm. and so we tried that, but then even one of the times we tried that, we also dealt with like, uh, and here in Utah, because of the valley we live in, we deal with this inversion and in air quality. So mm-hmm. we had to cancel one of these outside things. It wasn't even COVID related. It was just the air. The, yeah, the news us. was just like, uh, if you could stay inside, you really should. Yeah. And so we made that call. I mean, it was just so challenging to know what you could do when we had pockets of people, uh, especially some of our younger people that were like hanging out on the down low. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I had three different sets of people confess to me that they're like, Hey, I, we've been hanging I, out. I got together with some friends on Friday. <laughs> Good for you. I don't care <laughs> at all. Yeah. But it was it was complicated because yeah. even that, even the fact that you felt like you needed to provide some level of confession towards your hangouts, it just it was too much. And so it was. that ever change, you just weren't sure confidently what you could and should do, um, and be responsible while doing it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I even think about even if it was just like some team hangouts or like these smaller pockets of social uh, events or meetings that we were trying to do. There was just this constant weight that I felt of like having to make the call. Should we do this? Yeah. And there were times that we made the call not to, or that we made the call to do something. And I remember walking away from the event going, we should not have done that. I do too. Yeah, yeah I remember that. It was yeah. a terrible, I even remember one of the dinners we did do at the, or not dinners, but like hangouts at the park we did. Uh-huh. And we had a bunch of people show up and we were even outside. And I still remember you and I texting afterwards going like, that felt really weird. Like we well, shouldn't have been And that was the that. very first thing we did. It was yeah. like in July. So COVID came around in March. Yeah. We're actually coming up on two years, almost exactly here yeah, in a week or true. two. Um, and it was in July, and we had everyone bring their own food because, you know, you weren't touching mm-hmm. things. I don't know. Everyone was still wiping down their groceries before they brought them in. It was complicated. <laughs> so everyone was supposed to bring their own chairs, their own food, and, yep. and sit distance from each other and talk. It was the most awkward social gathering of all time. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, another thing that has made it really difficult has been, you know, so even even as we have been back for the vast majority of 2021 in person, there's been really terribly irregular attendance patterns. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend a couple of hours ago about, you know, COVID lasted so long that really people did adopt a completely new way of living, behaving for sure. The way that we looked at Sunday morning, totally because there wasn't a, for so long, there wasn't a place or a time that we had to be, to be in this experience together. You just sort of like consumed this whenever 
yeah. you got around to it. And that went on long enough. Had it only been a couple of weeks, yeah. it would not have been a big deal, but it really changed behavior. And you've got like, everybody's still like making up trips that got canceled oh, and yeah. is, you know, still fried and looking for a break and all that stuff. So I just, uh, still to this day attendance is still just all over the place oh for sure i mean it it has been i I remember vividly you saying multiple times you feel like you're preaching to multiple different churches totally because i mean genuinely you're either like a first week or a second week or a third week or a last of the month Mm -hmm. and you should switch it up because you'd probably meet new friends or see (laughs) people you thought had you know passed away or i don't know what but i mean it has gotten pretty incredible. And I think, uh, we utilize, uh, planning center services. And I think that's so, um, so like kind of directly in your face when mm-hmm. you go, there's a, a calendar part where you can see how many people have blocked off. Oh and yeah. It's just serving. insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean the other week and, and you even mentioned, I wasn't there, but you even mentioned like we actually had good attendance that week, but I mean, we had like 60 people who serve on teams and that week we had 37 block off. So right. one, it was hard to do the team. So then you're like, who were the other people if yeah. everyone, but we also had people block off. It still can't. And like yeah. the whole thing has just been really complicated as far as like people's commitment. I think, you know, all of those habit books, doesn't it take like a certain number of weeks or day, like 21 Something days like that, to make yeah. a habit. And it lasted so much longer. Yeah, And I think you could even see that from uh, one of the numbers that you could rely on in YouTube. And I remember as those first couple of weeks, you would see like who's live right now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, not our whole church, but you were like, a good portion, I, yeah. I feel really comfortable. You know, obviously we have some well-wishers, maybe your parents or my parents, something mm-hmm. like that. But other than that, it was largely our people because we didn't post it in the whole world and tweet yeah. it everywhere and all of that. It wasn't as easy to find as some others were. And so you felt comfortable. And I do think that what happened was from a habit standpoint, people did exactly like you said. And I think the first few weeks they felt like we're still attending church. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit on the couch as a family and like do this. And then the first week, like something else came up and you were like, mm-hmm. I, I could take that tea time and just press mm-hmm. play on Monday. Totally. And then pretty soon it's like, I can listen to three weeks in a row. It's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, I haven't pressed play in two and a half months. Uh Oh yeah. It just used to be, I mean, I just think back like five, six years ago, uh, you could, you know, not, not to like the person, but it was attendance was so predictable. Yeah. You knew like yep. Memorial day weekend is going to be low. Yep. Like, the 4th of July weekend is going to be low. Summer, you take a dip. September, yeah. everything bounces yep. back. Easter is going to be your highest. Christmas, like, and now it's like, uh, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. You Nobody just, knows. You have no idea. And so it's so hard to plan important things. It's so, you know, we've talked about church lunches and all, and it's just like, how do you even pick a date? Because mm-hmm. you're going to pick the wrong one. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, I think another way that, um, you know, we have had to deal with this being so difficult is just with everyone's diminished uh, emotional capacity. I think um, we have continued to ring the bell that uh, no one's doing well. Mm -hmm. And I think we had a pretty, like, long conversation yesterday just about the impact of that and the idea of building and growing and, you know, asking more of people and all of that. And it just, it feels like that is like dragging a donkey through mud. I, is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, I like that. That's a, but that's it a seems Tylerism. like that would be so hard. That does seem like it'd be hard. Right. But, yeah. I mean, it does. It just feels 
impossible and you're not sure how someone's doing. And so to like, you know, call them to more and that Mm -hmm. kind of, it's not that you don't because I mean, that's part of our job as pastors and Mm -hmm. part of what God calls us to do. So you do that, but you have to do that through the lens of people who have experienced some pretty significant trauma. Mm -hmm. And if you are not attentive to people's emotional reserves, like where they are at and you if you try to draw beyond what they have, then you are being an abusive leader, Absolutely. which is part of it. And yeah. so we have decided that we're unwilling to do that. And yeah. I, I think that there are a lot of leaders that, number one, are not very attuned to their own emotional capacity. So sure. certainly are not attuned to others yep. or don't even care, yeah. like just devalue yep. uh, emotional health in the first place. And so totally. are willing to just say, like, we're going to take the hill. Yeah. And... We're unwilling to do that, but that means that like the decision to do that really means that we have to, we, there's a lot of stuff we just can't do. Totally. Yeah. And I think that, um, it, it is really, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you said it well, you just have to consider that before making an ask or, and you can make the ask, but when you get resistance or people don't show up, it doesn't it doesn't mean that nobody cares. I mean, one of the things that I felt led to start doing uh, with our church is just an opportunity to pray for our church, Mm -hmm. to pray for our pastors, those types Mm -hmm. of things. And there, I mean, there are, there are four of us that, Mm -hmm. that show up to that and that's it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at one point, you know, like we had even talked and I'm, we had picked a really poor time. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, the time was changed this past month and Mm -hmm. it was tried in the evening and, and the four people who usually show up couldn't make it. And so it was just the one person leading it. And (laughs) you're just like, and, and again, I think it would be really easy to look at that and say, man, everyone just hates prayer and Mm -hmm. they don't care enough about this. And that's just not fair. It's not true. I think people are, uh, you know, you texted me something this last weekend that, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about and like people are doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I'm not saying everyone is, but as a whole, we are because it's not just COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember uh, murder hornets or murder wasps or whatever they were, and they were going to get you. And yeah. now we've got like a world war, and I don't know, the nuclear power plant has been taken over as of this mm-hmm. morning. And you're just like, I, I don't, a lot. I, yeah, I don't know what to even think about. It's not even about doom scrolling. I'm actually yeah. trying to happy scroll, and I'm not sure where to go, right? Because yeah. uh, you know, there's no more uh, so good news or whatever. So. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So that is all really depressing. Everything everything we just covered. Depressing might might be an overstatement, but it is it is weighty. And my hope, genuinely, is that that if you're listening, that you feel some sense of resonance and Mm -hmm. that what you are encouraged by is it's not just you. Like this is a real a real thing. I mean, I think the other thing is you were talking that I was thinking of is we had a pretty long stretch there of people not being able to do anything. And I think that on the one hand, there's this longing inside of us to like, all right, I haven't been able to really do anything for a couple of years. So I'm ready to do everything. But Mm -hmm. the truth is even in that you've again, adopted a new way of being. Yeah. And so even it's like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Like there might be a longing to do everything, But it's like, I mean, I remember, you know, our family got COVID at the end of last year. And so we were like home and did nothing for two weeks. Yeah. And the first day that like that was lifted and we, I think we like went to Target or something. And I remember afterwards just being like, 
I got to, I need a nap. Right. I got to get away from all these people because, and that was only two weeks. Like, so I really think that the, we still don't even fully understand the impact of everything. Sure. And I think some of that, like excitement to do more and some of that, like, you know, a, a desire to build is, um, is our own attempt to solve this like awful you know, mm-hmm. to, to like, like enough is enough. We've got to change this. Yeah. And that's not a, that's not a thing. Mm-mm. It's not like people coming to church late and you're going to try to incentivize them to come earlier. Cause mm-hmm. first of all, that doesn't work for anybody no. even on that. But on this alone, it just is like, it's going to have to take the amount of time it takes. Right. Yeah. So in this <clears throat> there, there, we still have to keep going mm-hmm. or quit. Those, those are like yeah. the two Close options. Close up shop. So For those of us that are trying to stay in this and continue to work forward and to build, let's talk about some better ways forward. So the first would be, it is just so critical that we move into a space of, of drastically adjusting our expectations. And I think what our expectation needs to be set on is that everything is going to be slow. Yeah. Like... Uh, one of the things that I remember the first go round loving about church planting was how you can like with with a young, fluid church you can like change on a dime. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could make these sweeping uh, a sweeping change that if you did it in like a large existing church would throw everybody off the boat. Mm-hmm. But in a in a young fluid church, sure. you could, I mean, we you could change all kinds service of service time, location. I mean, how many locations do we have at Redemption? So many, so many, and people just came, and nobody like nobody even really batted an eye. No, and now I would say. Just, I just think the expectation has to be everything that you're going to do is just, it's not going to happen fast. Mm-mm. And if you try to do it fast, it will probably be you alone. And yeah. maybe some just like bewildered staff members that you pay and you're trying to force <laughs> to do it, but they won't stay forever yeah. if they're but, worn out too. But trust me, they're interviewing. That's right. They're interviewing. Yeah. So I just think really adjust your expectations to everything is going to be slow. I think one of the things that piggybacks a little bit on that is uh, the idea of you've got to take baby steps. Mm -hmm. So not only um, is it going to be slow, but it's okay for there to be forward motion, but sometimes forward motion is in inches. Right. And uh, it reminds me of that kind of taking baby steps thing. I haven't watched this movie for years, but I feel like everyone needs to rent What About Bob Mm -hmm. with Bill Murray and I Mm -hmm. think Richard Dreyfuss. Yep. He's the psychologist. Yeah, and and like Bill Murray is this totally messed up guy, and it's all about baby steps. And the whole movie is like baby steps out the door, Mm -hmm. baby steps down the stairs. And I really think uh, those of us in like leadership ministry roles, that has to be our mantra. Like, like measuring it in tiny digestible pieces that you can actually say like we are moving forward, Mm -hmm. just nowhere near the way that we were moving forward before. And I think that uh, just having that rhetoric go round and round. And, and, you know, almost like preaching it to yourself, like mm-hmm. we're going to go slow. We're going to take baby steps. That is the only way that you're going to remain sane. Yeah. And, and I think just on the practical front, then really reflecting on what would it look like to celebrate every small win? Totally. I was reading through oh, that's good. Nehemiah yeah. this week <clears throat> and I was uh, noticing how, you know, I think that there's a lot of if you're if you haven't read Nehemiah lately, I would recommend it because it's mm. all about Nehemiah coming back to Jerusalem and rebuilding the walls okay. that have been destroyed. And I think there's 
a lot of implications for us sure. as we are rebuilding our churches. Um, but one of the things I noticed was there are multiple points throughout this process where they stopped to dedicate the work that they've done that I think is significant. So you can call that celebrating small wins or, you know, have a formal dedication of some kind. Right. But the point is that they memorialized and drew attention and paid attention to progress that had been made. And yep. small progress is still progress. Yep. And if we are, if our expectation is, well, I, I can only really celebrate huge things. Yep. Well, then you're going to be really discouraged all the time because this is going to be a season of small progress and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, the third, uh, would be to really rethink your responsibilities. Maybe more clearly would be to say to redefine what you view as success. Yeah. So if you're the kind of leader that's like success means taking a big hill, Mm -hmm. um, maybe you need to redefine that a little bit. And like, even if we take an anthill, Again, going back to the small wins, it's it that's still progress and it's still good. And you said something yesterday that I think is always a good reminder for me that 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 all we're really trying to do that success is getting to the end of the day and knowing that God would look on us and say you were faithful with this day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think just being committed to like like you're only responsible for yourself as leaders. We are responsible for how we shepherd others. Uh But again, in this situation, we have to grant like grace upon grace upon grace for people who even are, you know, I had a conversation with a friend that uh, I had invited him over for just a a really chill night. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I got a text message kind of late in the action uh, that, you know, he just wouldn't be able to make it. He was really busy. And then we did a reschedule and it happened the other night. And he shared with me that the truth is he just, there was something about the idea of going out, of being with people. He's like, he's not an introvert. He Mm -hmm. just, he didn't even understand it, but he just could not bring himself to leave his house that night. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to like, and I appreciated he shared that with me and I wasn't at all upset, but we have got to, um, extend that grace and really focus on like, what does it look like for me to be faithful today? Mm-hmm. How do I know that like, you know, the, the, the adage of, I can be sorry for all the days up until today, but mm-hmm. like today I'm going to do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and get up and that's your goal tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think even, even that idea, of course, as leaders, we have to uh, have some vision and think about the future and all of that kind of stuff. And like God cautions us, cautions us not to worry about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That like we're only given today. Um, we're not promised to have the whole of today. And so, how do we be faithful with what God's called us to today? And trust that I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this is all going to endemic or whatever <laughs> the actual word yeah. I want is. Yeah. But I really think that that's an important thing. It is. Yeah, and as I was thinking about how do we bring this conversation to a close, I was thinking that really when it comes to this season where we're we're like we're coming out of a season where we really haven't been able to build at all, we are in and heading like heading into an in a season that is going to require probably very slow, patient, methodical building. And in that, we really have two choices. The first choice is 
to basically ignore everything that we just said uh-huh. by way of better yeah. ways forward. And, and even like I feel a tendency to ignore some of this and that results in frustration. Yeah. It's not going fast enough. It's not getting big enough. It's like all of that will just fuel restlessness and frustration and angst inside of us. Mm-hmm. Or we can receive this season as an invitation of God to learn as leaders to surrender yeah. to him. Like it's his church, yeah. not ours. It is going to uh, build and develop in his time and in his way, not ours. Yep. And and whatever we have, the people that we have, the emotional capacities that we have, the emotional capacity that our people have, all of that is God has has ordered all of that for our own souls, yep. our own formation. And if it's frustrating, it's because there's something we're supposed to learn how to die to. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> even in our, you know, we had like a building conversation yesterday and it was like, I felt like resistance inside of me. Like I want certain aspects of this to go differently or to go mm-hmm. faster. And, and there is an invitation in that as I prayed through more of it this morning, that's just like, nope. That's just not what I'm, and and that it's good for me. It hurts, yeah. like it sucks, and it's yep. frustrating. But oftentimes, that's the, that the, that's like the recipe for growth and formation in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so, I would encourage you to really reflect on that and to look at those points that you have in your life and ministry right now that are serious points of contention and frustration, and see if there's not an invitation in the midst of that to surrender to those and to be further formed by God. It's good. All right. Well, as always, we want you to know that we count it a great honor that you take time to listen to this episode, especially the first eight minutes that uh, we just talked in a boring circle. <laughs> oh, because uh, that was my question. If you made Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. No, no, no. The question was a good one. Your examples were just painfully boring. The driver's license. For some license people, thing. they were like, hot dog, where do I get me a mobile driver's license? You think? Don't do it. Don't. It's not worth it. <laughs> You'll be disappointed. It's not worth your time. That's right. If you enjoyed it and hung with us, if you could do uh, three things, we'd appreciate it. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review wherever you listen. And then as always, we would love to connect with you. Uh, one way to do that is on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. You can also email me, Ryan at Ridgeline.church. You can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you later, alligator. Mm.